And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Monday on this federal holiday as we celebrate Christopher Columbus. Casey Disclair here with Coach Brian Colley. We are happy to be with you today. Uh, We should have a larger audience today. The teachers are out of school. The federal workers are off of work. Hopefully more people are out and about and are listening to us today on this absolutely positively gorgeous Monday. You could not have scripted a better weather Monday. Hell, both Coach and I are wearing long sleeve shirts, and you know we got the the fall attire ready to go. Um, it is finally feeling like fall a little bit in Southeast Louisiana. In the next segment of the show, we're going to go to Shane Trosclair. Um, There's a reason why we're having Shane on today, because Shane is a classroom teacher, and we could never have him on except for days where there's no school. So I told Shane, I said, Shane, we love you, brother. We love having you on. Um, So let's talk. And obviously, he'll be able to tell us a little bit about the unfortunate circumstances at Thibodeau High on Friday with the game getting canceled. And he'll talk some Tiger baseball. They got a big old fundraiser coming up. What are you doing on November 4th, Brian? Going to the fundraiser. Sounds like a winner. Yeah. (laughs) Going to the uh, cornhole fundraiser that Thibodeau baseball is going to be hosting. The sports corner will be there rocking and rolling. Um, we'll be visiting with Shane then. Um, in this segment, uh, we're going to recap and relive the crazy game between South Lafouche and Assumption. We'll get those clips played uh, in just a second. Later in the show, we've got so much to talk about. LSU gets a win over Missouri. I'm going to give you my thoughts on why it was a little concerning seeing the way that LSU played, but why I left the game having a little bit of hope that maybe brighter days are ahead. The Saints get a big win over New England and roll through New England. Um, A lot of folks are saying, ah, you know, New England's just not any good. And there's not a whole lot of optimism still yet for the Saints. I'm going to tell you why I may be a little bit more optimistic than some are with New Orleans. Then we've got our W's and our L's. You know, I got a lot of L's to hand. Is that that a mark of my... Negative. Yeah, look... (laughs) Does it make me a pessimist, the fact that I have six W's, but I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten L's? Yes. <laughs> well. Your Cowboys are L? Yes. Well, no, not the team, but there's someone right. within the team. I'm sure you could guess do, who that do might you, be. Do you realize they have the same record as the Saints? I do. That's, Did you realize that's that? That's why I'm about to start telling these Saints people to chill out. Like, everything's going okay right now no it's not going okay <laughs> they beat a bad team <laughs> they could have lost a bad team um but anyway yeah we lead off here with our uh recap of the south Lafushan assumption game look i'm just now catching my breath from what was a wild and crazy 48 to 41 assumption win back and forth so many touchdowns so many pra- plays to relive brother are you ready I'm ready. All right, he's ready. So South Lafouche started the game strong. Um, Get the ball and go down the field. And our guy Meathead, Landon Dardor, a two-yard touchdown run starts the scoring for South Lafouche. High form set. Ogeron will hand it to Dardor, and he is in for a tarpon touchdown. So South Lafouche with maybe their best offensive drive of the season. Like a knife through butter, marching through at the 748 mark. Meathead punches it in. It's 6-0 Tarpons pending the extra point. What a drive. 
like a knife through butter. The assumption offense stalls thanks in part because hey, of some penalties. How you like our guy in the background? Isaac Dantin, the PA guy, he yeah, does a great yeah, he, he does. does a great job. Yeah, he really does. He uh he does do a great job. And, and you know, it's from a from a place of love. He loves those kids, man. Tarpons get a stop, and on the first play, um, they confuse the hell out of both of us with a double, uh, not a double pass, but like a reverse back to the quarterback and then a bomb. Fortunately, they didn't just confuse us. They confused the assumption defense as well. Camden Berg was wide open. There was no one within 30 yards. First and 10, Ogeron in the gun. He's got Meathead with him. Handed to Meathead. Reverse. to reverse. They'll get oh. it back on. Oh, got wide open. Tarpons are wide open. This will be a walk-in touchdown. Woo. Camden Berg is the guy who caught it. The assumption defense bit the cheese. They handed it to Meathead, who handed it to a wide receiver, who handed it back to Carson. All of the defensive backs came up. Carson threw it to Camden Berg. There was no defender within 50 yards. And it is 13-0 South Lafouche. At that point, we were feeling really good about things. But Reese Turner of Assumption had other plans. That young man absolutely positively took over the game in the later stages, including this 12-yard touchdown run to make it 14-8 after a swing and gate conversion. Bunched up formation to the right. Turner's running that way, looking to turn the corner. He's got some blockers. He's hit, oh, but move. he jukes into the end zone. So it is an assumption touchdown, 12-yard run from Turner, and it's 14-6. to six. Assumption had issues throughout the game making extra points. Um, so after a 93-yard touchdown drive and another touchdown by Turner, we assumed that they would take the lead, but they did not after they could not get the snap on the extra point, but they tied it 14-all. Turner rolls out to the right. Cuts in, and he walks in. The Tarpons have no answer for that right now. Reese Turner walks into the end zone. It's 14-all. South Lafouche, though, was not done with their scoring for the night. Our guy Meathead, he was the power player of the game for the second straight week, and boy, was he good, including this 43-yard touchdown trek. Ogeron gets the snap, hands it to Dorda, a huge hole. 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, Got it. touchdown. 43-yard touchdown run for Meathead, who is now going over 100 yards on the night. It's 20-14. to 14. That tarpon offensive line blowing them off the ball, baby. We love to see it. It's 20-14. to 14. Meathead with a big old touchdown run. Stop as if you've heard it before. Turner came back and scored before halftime. Assumption uh, again misses the extra point and goes into halftime, trailing 21-20. to 20. They are in the gun. Turner. Off right tackle. Ah, he got in. in. He was hit at the line of scrimmage, but they pushed him in. So with 15 seconds to go in the half, Assumption scores. Now looking back in hindsight, they couldn't have timed the drive any better. They score right before half on a drive that was taking all kinds of time. Uh, They get the ball to start the second half, and Brian and I kept saying, hey, this is a huge drive, a huge drive, a huge drive. They go 80 yards in five plays. Turner again with a 12-yard touchdown run, and again their extra point conversion no good. They led 26 to 21. There's that, that heavy to the right. Yeah, that heavy shotgun set with an unbalanced line to the right. Turner is going to try to bounce outside, and he's going to walk in. The Tarpons have had absolutely no answer for that formation. 
Assumption's loading up the right and just doing whatever they want to do. It's 26-21. to 21. Uh, so Assumption takes a 26-21 lead, but the Tarpons come back with some firepower, including this blue boot bomb from Carson Ogeron to Camden Berg, who had a huge game, his biggest game of the season to date. Ogeron keeps it. We'll throw it down the middle. Wide, wide open. open. Berg, 25-20, dropped at the 15. They're in the absolute fitness red zone. You run the ball, draw the safeties up, beat them on the play action. Big pitch and catch. That's a blue boot bomb from South Lafouche. How the heck is he always open? <laughs> uh, anyway, Assumption, um, I'm sorry, South Lafouche, speaking of Camden always being open, they capped the drive on a 10-yard touchdown pass and another blue boot bomb from Carson Ogeron to Camden Berg. Tarpons could not convert the extra points, so only led 27-26. Ogeron, play action. Berg's wide open. How far is he going to run? He's going to run to the end zone. It's a Tarpon touchdown. Touchdown passes are blue boot bombs. It is 27-26. For my dollar, the play that changed it all. South Lafouche goes up 27-26 and has assumption on a third and 30-plus. It looks like you're about to get the ball back, and maybe you could go up and, you know, add to your lead. Assumption has other plans. They convert a third and 30 and a 91-yard touchdown pass. He's defending Willoughby. They're going to throw. They're going to throw it deep. It's going to be caught, and it's going to be a first down. He's gone. And it's going to be a touchdown. We might catch him. Willoughby will score on absolutely inexcusable defense from South Lafouche there. On third and 30, you give up a 90-yard touchdown reception. That is bad. Can you feel the disdain in the play-by-play guy's voice? Assumption then got a stop and added to their lead with Turner getting his zillionth touchdown of the game uh, on a three-yard touchdown run. They missed the two-point try and go up 40-27. to They snap it directly to Turner, and he's in. So Assumption adds to their lead. It's 40-27. to The Tarpon defense has offered little to no resistance tonight. As the Mustangs continue to run wild, 25 seconds to go in the third quarter. But South Lafouche came back and battled back. Despite being down two scores, they ended up actually taking the lead. The first of the touchdowns was a touchdown from Carson Ogeron to Titan Alamal, who was slippery and smooth as silk, making guys miss getting into the end zone. Assumption showing a blitz. Here they come. Ogeron throws it to the sideline, and Alamal's got it. Cutting on the inside, now bouncing back outside, and it's a touchdown! What a juke move from Titan Alamal. Earlier in the drive, he had a drop. He made up for it big. It's a blue boot bomb. It's 40-33. to Uh, South Lafouche then gets a defensive stop and takes the lead on a 55-yard touchdown from Carson Ogeron to Colt DeCure. One of the plays of the season, DeCure was bottled up, looked like he was dead to rights, got out of jail, and went 55 yards for the score. In the gun. Ogeron. Pump fake. Flushed out to the right, down the middle, caught. Yes. There's DeCure. There Breaks the tackle. 45-40, 35 30, 25 He's 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Brian Colley gave us the call. He said Colt DeCure's been quiet. Well, Colt DeCure breaks a tackle 
and takes it to the house. It's a blue boot bomb. We're tied 40 to 40 with 440 to go. But Assumption had the last laugh, including Turner's. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, sixth touchdown of the game. Um, was a 38-yard touchdown that put Assumption up 48 to 41 after a two-point conversion. Uh, here's Turner's 38 yard. Quarterback keeps it. He's Across the 35. Big old gain. Score now if you go score. Give us the ball touchdown. back. Touchdown. That assumption will go 40, 38 yards. It is 46 to 41 with 402 to go. And Brian, I think you're right. That is better than the alternative, which would have been them scoring with no time left. So that wraps up what was a wild game, a very exciting, action-packed game. I know we're up against the break. We got Shane Trosclair waiting, but Potna, that was a fun one, man. Yeah, back and forth. Uh, Tarpons played hard throughout. Gave themselves a chance at the end. Just didn't work out for them. But, and look, Assumption got kind of lucky. On I think it was a third down call. The ball was deflected. The receiver caught the ball. From the ground. Yeah, so, I mean, they had some luck going their way, but uh, they took advantage of it. Yep, no doubt. So congratulations to them. They get a win. The Tarpons will try to bounce back on Friday against Morgan City. One of the things we're excited about seeing um, on Wednesday when we have B.J. Young on is the health of the team because, boy, they had some guys get injured and some different things. So we'll ask B.J. Uh, about how everyone's doing physically. But anyway, let's catch a break when we get back. Shane Trosclair will be joining us. It is play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the confident and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems, your local power generator professionals, serving the entire Gulf Coast as your Kohler titanium dealer. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators. For the most trusted brands in the industry, Kohler, Generac, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and more, Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems is the place for you. 152 North Hollywood Road in Homa and Highway 3235 in Galliano. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. All right, whose theme song is that? Man, I don't know. The trick question is just a regular song. Yeah, it's not I, even yeah I knew it wasn't a wrestling. But not. <laughs> it's play-by-play Man, on KLEV. Nonsense. We go to the phone lines for the first time today, and we have our old buddy Shane Trosclair, the head baseball coach at Thibodeau High, but also an assistant football coach. Coach Shane, how we doing, man? Good, man. How are y'all? Good, bro. You enjoying the day off? Yeah, we had football practice this morning. It went well. Finally got some cool weather. 
uh, to go out there and work with the boys. And uh, now I just got home and threw some spaghetti on the pot, try to cook my kids some Yeah, you go. Typical uh, coach dad fashion. Oh, so what's your address again? <laughs> uh, hey, no. man, we do it. We do it right in Sugar Ridge and Sac Bay. Yes, sir, brother. Look, man. Um, we, we'll lead off with the bad stuff first, man. Unfortunately, you guys had a scary situation on Friday, um, with the game being kind of canceled and postponed. Well, not postponed, canceled because of um, gunfire surrounding the stadium. Um, but I'll take it from more of a positive perspective, right? We had Tony Clark on the radio Saturday, and, and, and he said what I think the underlying story should be is that your SRO and first responders and the, the kids and the players, uh, the kids and the coaches and everybody involved did a wonderful job, you know, staying calm and poised. And fortunately, a scary situation ended up in everybody being okay. Absolutely. You know, first thing after that, you know, um, it starts with preparation and, and our SRO, our. Kevin Brooks and our administration, they prepare for anything and everything. you got to keep our kids safe, number one. Um, and honestly, that, that's the most important thing. Luckily, the uh, the gunfire was not on our campus. Um, you know, it was across the street. And and honestly, a lot of people didn't understand what was going on at first. So we, uh, we told the kids and the coaches to get off the field, get to the locker room. Um, everybody did what they were supposed to do in a good fashion. And, and our uh, administration was right on point with what they were supposed to do, and everything went well. You know what's going through your mind in in that situation, man? Because from what I understand, you could you could hear the the shots be fired, and then you know obviously you're a human, uh, you're a coach, you're a father, you're a husband. Like I'm sure yeah. you were trying to find where your kids were, and I'm like I'm sure there was a lot going through your head in that moment. Talk us through that. Yeah, honestly, it's gonna be like my, my youngest right here, Cole, is laying down on the sofa, kind of listening to the to the interview. He's been laughing a little bit, but. Um, so I was actually on a headset talking up, to, up top to Coach Bado to make sure we had 11 dudes on the field for the extra point because that we had a lot of guys going in and out after we scored a pick six. And then all of a sudden, um, everybody just started running. Harnville's defense, our extra point team, started running to their perspective sidelines and so forth. And then everybody on the, on the um, sidelines started running. I had no idea what was going on. Honestly, I didn't hear any shots. I was talking, you know, while it was going on. It went to a little while later. Somebody said they're shooting. So you know, that's and the first thing I did uh, at halftime. I, I texted my wife. Said, "Where are y'all sitting at?" Because I, I knew they were at the game, but I didn't see them. And she told me forty yard line. So the first thing I did was look for them. Uh, it was my wife and uh, my mother in law, and then Brody, my my junior, I knew was in the stadium. So um, looked for them and, and told them to get in the press box because I didn't really know what was going on. Um, and then not not a little while later. We had a medical emergency with one of our student athletes, and I got called to that. So I sprinted out that way, and I was dealing with that for a good half hour, I believe. So when that was over, uh, Coach Dre asked me to walk with him across the field to go to the officials meeting with the school administrators and so forth. So as I'm walking him across, my wife calls and said, hey, we're going to leave. She goes, where's Cole? I said, holy crap, good question. I forgot that, that Cole, you know, he's on the sidelines with us on Friday nights. He's a ball boy. <laughs> I forgot that my, my youngest son was even on the field with us. So uh, I said, that's a good question. I'm assuming he's in the locker room with everybody else. And uh, so I call him. He goes, yeah, I'm in, I'm in the field house. And one of our uh, football coaches grabbed him and said, hey, get to the field house. So and it's a good little family group we got that, that my coaches are, are like his big uncles, you know. So they watching after him. His dad forgot he was even on the field. So yeah, no. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things going on, man. It's crazy. But 
Um, and at the end of it, I was able to walk my family to their vehicle, which was probably about 30 yards from where the shooting was going on. So, you know, kind of like on edge, on point, and um, glad everybody got home safely. Yeah, for sure, man. Look, now let's talk some baseball. Um, we went out there a couple weeks ago for a middle school game and saw some kids getting some work, fielding some grounders, getting maybe a little BP. Uh, you guys are trying to stay big, uh, busy and active as best you can. Uh, what, what's going on baseball-wise over at Thibodeau High right now? Yeah, so Mondays and Wednesdays, open field, uh, 4 o'clock. With our, with our pitching coach, get some throwing in, maybe some extra BP or whatever. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we got two groups that go from four to six. They get some BP going, uh, or even five to seven. I don't remember, but they get some BP going uh, with our hitting coach and, and, and so forth. So we've been doing that for about a month now. Um, we got a lot of kids who are just baseball only. So trying to get back in the swing of things going. And then when we get back from fall break, starting next Monday, we're really going to get after where it's going to be four days of conditioning, drill work, skill work. We allow two days of team, so we'll do two days of team. So we we getting going and, and getting getting ready to kick kicked off a good fall practice. Awesome, man! Look, uh, one of the things that is most interesting about your club is is you had a bunch of seniors, big old senior group. You make your little playoff push, uh, but but you told us at the end of last season said, "Hey, man, I'm still super excited. I still think I got a lot of guys here who could really play." Maybe some guys that don't have a tremendous amount of experience at the varsity level, but still some kids who you guys think could play at that high level. I do. We we're very excited with our with our group on the class. We got three seniors in Taylor Fields, Tucker Carlos, and Cole Becknell that return, and they got all three of them got good playing time last year. So we're super excited what we got coming back. Um, those guys are hungry. They they're the ones that have been out there every day and getting after it. In the next few days, we'll be excited to announce one of our commitments from our underclassmen that's going to go on and pitch in college baseball. So we, we got it on the mound. I think our top two to four guys are going to be left-handed pitching, um, seniors, juniors, sophomore, freshmen. And we got a really good mix of, of right-handers that are coming in from all different uh, age groups that are going to help us out and, and be those guys that eat up some innings and get out for it. So I can't wait to get my hands on them. I know a bunch of them right now are playing some fall ball. We have a handful of them playing in the Nickel Fall League. We got a few playing with the Hogs. We got one playing with the Nice Nation Baseball. So we got guys that are getting after it, and, you know, itching for that that January to roll around. Shane, we're super excited, and Brian and I were talking about this in the first segment of the show in early November. Man, you guys have your big fundraiser, and we're super excited to bring the Sports Corner to you guys. Tell us about that, man. Can't wait, bro. I know. I actually have a meeting tonight at six o'clock at El Paso. <laughs> Um, with my fundraising committee uh, to get, really get going. We're, we're four weeks away. I would say we're about 26 days away from our big event. Um, Track Bay Fairgrounds this year finally got it back over there. I was there year one. And they, they booked up year two, so I was able to get the KC home and very fortunate for that. I think it got a little bit too big for the KC home last year. So we, I was able to get the fairgrounds back for that first weekend in November. And, uh, we're super excited for it. I know it's going to be a good event for our kids. I got live music coming in. We got that silent auction coming back, that live auction. I got some really, really cool stuff that's coming for that. Um, I know kids are already talking about partnering up and getting some cornhole teams together. I know some teachers want to get in. We look forward to having the Sports Corner again to kick off our day. And we just really celebrate Tibble High Baseball again. Bro, last year one of the things that was the the most impressive to me is just the amount of merchandise and memorabilia that folks could uh, you know um, go and bid on. And 
I know you got a, a little secret plug there. You got some family that has, you know, access to some of the goods, man. Can you give us a sneak peek of some things that, you know, people can maybe be able to uh, uh, check out? Yeah, no, dude, that, 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 that family member with that secret plug, my, my little brother out in Houston. But we got some, um, we got a, a nice framed autographed Alex Brentman LSU jersey. Oh. Um, we have a Shaquille O'Neal autographed LSU jersey that's not framed up. Uh, we have, you know, the typical uh, Jose Altuve baseball. Ella De La Cruz baseball is going to be nice. Um, we got a full-size Chris Alave helmet with two mini-size Chris Alave helmets. And I know he had a big touchdown yesterday uh, for the Saints. We got a full-size Taysom Hill helmet. We got a, a big 16 by 20 Drew Brees poster and a Jerry Rice poster. So we got some real nice memorabilia that's coming in signed. Um, my brother was in Chicago this past weekend with some of the old Bears legends, so I'm not sure what he's bringing back for that. But we're also going to have a uh, custom Thibodeau High lit Gator ice chest. That's going to be real nice. Uh, we got five 20 hard coolers from Gator. That's going to be real nice. So we got a bunch of things that are coming in. We got some parents that are really fun to get some items to raise money. This is our one big fundraiser we do every year. And kind of like our only fundraiser besides our concessions and our home gate that we do. So we really work hard just to bust your butt for one day and then fund the program for the whole year. Sounds like a winner, bro. Hey, thanks so much for the time, man. We always love chatting with you, and have a great day with the family, brother. Appreciate it, man. Thank you all for everything you all do for high school athletics in our area, man. Go Tigers. Yes, sir. That is Coach Shane Trosclair doing a wonderful job. Man, you can't beat that day with a stick, boy. He had football practice early, cooking outside, making a spaghetti, spending time with his wife and the kids. That sounds like a wonderful day out there in Chag Bay. High school football coaches take advantage. I mean that's uh, that's the right thing to do, right way to do it. You uh you get a you don't have much time during the season to spend with family, so when you, you got a day, take advantage of it. No it is it a um is it a morale boost when that first front comes? Because I mean the kids are tired of getting beat up in the ninety degree heat and a hundred degree heat index. Like I feel like today this morning probably was a great practice for everybody just because the kids are excited that it, it's it feels good to be outside yeah nice weather they get a little extra pep in your step yeah no no yes for yeah. sure it, it would be uh extra i guess motivation to get out there and and knowing that you you're gonna practice then you have in the morning you got the rest of the day off yeah for sure man and, I, and i think the kids also have tomorrow off yeah the kids do that i think that the teachers well you don't have to work tomorrow. Oh, yeah, well, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, yeah. you, you work 30-plus years to have tomorrow off. Let's get a break. When we get back, we're going to talk about LSU. Um, the Tigers do survive in Missouri. A lot of fans are down in the dumps and are depressed, and, oh, the defense is terrible. And I'm not going to disagree with some of that negativity, but I'm going to tell you why maybe things are a little better than people realize. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system? 
called Dufresne Easy Buy. Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. Hi, my name is Daniel Lorraine, candidate for re-election for Lafouche Parish Councilman District 9. I'm presently retired and have the knowledge, the experience, and the desire to keep serving the people of South Lafouche. Let me continue to be the voice of South Lafouche. On October the 14th, I would appreciate your vote and support. Number 82, God bless, paid for by the Daniel Lorraine Campaign Fund. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackage. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belts and related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Saturday at 11 o'clock, the LSU Tigers made the trek out to Missouri. And until about 12.30 or so, <laughs> it wasn't looking good for LSU. The Tigers were trailing 22-7, to um, but ended up rallying and getting a 49-39 to win. Not only did they win, they covered the 3.5, baby. Uh, or actually, the 5.5. The so LSU wins and covers kind of a fluke cover with a pick six at the end, but they do get a 49-39 to win. Um Let's get all of the the nausea away right out of the gate. Your defense didn't play well. Your defense is still not very good. 527 yards allowed, 411 yards through the air. You're still not tackling well. You're still making a lot of mistakes. You're still having some communication issues. You're still stuck between man and zone at times. You still kind of look like a unit that doesn't have much of an identity. That's the first thing. The second thing, you played a really dirty football game. And I don't mean dirty in terms of like cheap shotting people or nothing like that. Hell, it was Missouri delivering a lot of the cheap shots. But you had a lot of pre-snap penalties, a lot of holding. You had 11 penalties total. That type of thing on the road. You commit 11 penalties on the road, you're very lucky that you were able to go on the road and get a win there. But looking at things on a more positive light, offensive line, you blew them off the ball. 43 carries, 274 yards rushing. That's six yards a carry. Logan Diggs was looking like a man out there. 24 carries, 134 yards. Jaden Daniels playing hurt. 
Hercules, a warrior, 130 yards rushing, 259 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Jaden Daniels continues to be an elite-level Heisman Trophy-caliber player. And now LSU's at a spot in their schedule, brother, where you're 4-2, and two, you're 3-1 and one overall in the SEC. So you're halfway through the SEC. You got four SEC games left. And Saturday, as I was going through the minutia and I was trying to figure out my thoughts and my opinions, a light bulb kind of went off. And I realized your final four SEC games are against Auburn, Alabama, Florida, and Texas A&M. Brian, what do all four of those teams have in common? In the SEC? Yeah. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> More specifically than that, oh, that's four offenses that, that are ass. Those are four bad offenses. Auburn, Alabama, Florida, Texas a and That's not any, none of those teams have a very good offense. So my point is this. You have Auburn on Saturday. You're an 11-point favorite at home. You should, in theory, beat Auburn at home. Then you have Army after that. You should, in theory, beat Army at home. Then you have a bye. So here's my thoughts. Against Ole Miss, your defense was an F. Against Missouri, your defense was a D. Got a little better, right? Only allowed 14 points in the second half. You had two possessions where they were down three, two possessions late where they were down three, could have drove and beat you. You stopped them both times. That's that's good progress. You get two interceptions. Perkins gets an interception. You get a pick six to win the game. Your defensive line, Mason Smith played his butt off. He was pressuring the quarterback and eating up double teams, eating up. Sp- your defensive line showed some signs. I don't know if that's Pete Jenkins. I don't know if it's coincidence. I don't know whatever it is, but your defensive line showed some signs. You actually stopped the run pretty well in this game. You only allowed... A hundred and let's see, a hundred and fourteen yards rushing as a team. That's a huge upgrade. So you showed some signs. You went from an F to a D. Let's say against Auburn, you go from a D to a D plus. Let's say against Ormy, you go from a D plus to a C. Then let's say in the bye week, you go from a C to a C plus. That's all LSU needs. LSU. I was telling this to my uncle yesterday. LSU needs two or three stops a half. They get that, they're going to win the rest of their games. Because offensively right now, this is an LSU offense that is humming. They've got their number one running back, Logan Diggs, who's running wild. Their offensive line is imposing their will on the opponents that they're playing. Malik Neighbors in the play-action game is a weapon. 771 yards receiving this year. Brian Thomas in the red zone is a weapon. Nine touchdowns. Jaden Daniels, Brian Kelly said he's a bad mother bleeper. Uh, On Saturday on social media, 19 touchdowns, two interceptions, four rushing touchdowns, 23 touchdowns and two interceptions. He has more total yards than anybody in the country right now. He is the nation's leader in total yards, combined passing and rushing. More than Caleb Williams, more than Penix at Washington, more than anybody in America. That's a bad dude back there. If your defense could just go from giving up 40 a game to giving up 24 a game, 28 a game, you're going to have a chance in the rest of the games that you play. 
because you're facing an Auburn offense that is struggling. You're facing an Alabama offense that's getting a little better, but still kind of shaky. You're facing a Florida offense that is a mess. You're facing Max Johnson, enough said. And every one of those games, Coach, you got six games left. They're all in Tiger Stadium except Alabama. Five of the final six are at home, which means you'll be favored in five of the final six. Ten and two. I know LSU fans are laughing right now because everything is focused on the negative. Oh, the defense sucks. Oh, blah, blah, blah. The world is on fire. I am telling you now, 10-2 and two is not out of the realm of possibility. I would favor 9-3. and three. I think you're going to probably stub your toe somewhere here, likely at Alabama. 10-2 and two is not out of the realm of possibility. And if that happens, guess where you are? You're in Atlanta playing the Georgia Bulldogs for the second straight year. It's not impossible. Casey, I, I, I told, I've been saying that for, for weeks now. You have. That they're going to go 10-2. and two. And I, I, I just, look, yeah, their, their defense is bad. It has improved. The offense is, is I mean. Ridiculous. They, they're tough to stop. And I don't see many teams slowing them down. The only way. That team would slow down on offense if Daniels is hurt. And I say slow down. They're still going to be good on offense. But you've seen it when Nussmeyer came in. Those Look. touch passes that he tried to do in the end zone and the corner, back corner of the end zone, not even close. The Daniels-Nussmeyer's debate didn't ended on Saturday, didn't it? Now, I still think Nussmeyer can get this team and, and get them to some wins. But... Just that little extra that Daniels has, that touch on the football in the back corner of the end zone, it's, it's not there. They, they don't have that. So um, he needs to stay healthy for that to happen. So what do you make of some of the improvements that LSU made up front? Like, I saw, okay, whenever, okay, the officials, by the way, the officials on Saturday in the LSU-Missouri Terrible. game were absolutely atrocious. All day. They were missing calls both ways. They missed uh, an obvious false start on Missouri. The guy flinched. They didn't call. They missed some stuff. LSU was holding. They didn't call it. They missed um, a late hit on Jaden Daniels. The play that he got hurt should have been a penalty. He's five yards into the end zone, gets clobbered, no call. Um, it was terrible the entire day. I saw in the late second quarter, it was actually after they missed the false start penalty. Um, Brian Kelly's on the field, red as a tomato. He's yelling and screaming. But right behind him, over his shoulder, was Pete Jenkins, yelling and screaming and dog cussing the referee. And it felt like after that, there was some sort of fire lit and LSU started playing better up front. Surely it's not just a coincidence, right, that they bring this dude in, he's a coaching legend, and then the very next week you're suddenly stopping the run, you're suddenly getting pressure, you force a big fumble that forces a fourth and 30 late in the game, you have pressure on the quarterback which forces the pick six, your five-star defensive tackle who had looked lost all year long is now suddenly getting five quarterback hurries and is suddenly playing well. Surely that's not just a coincidence, right? Like it feels like there was an immediate impact that was made there. And add in there, the level of competition. Sure. Was not as strong. Uh, yeah, all those things I think go in, into the mix. But 
they, they stepped down. I, look, Missouri is not a top team in the SEC. I don't care what their record says. They're not. I, I think uh, they are a very undisciplined team, and, and it showed. And um, by far, LSU was the better team, and Missouri hung around just their offense because LSU's defense, which got better, but it's still not up to par where it needs to be. But I think um, level competition helped out the Tigers too. I'm curious to see because, look, everything that I'm telling you right now goes out the window if Auburn comes into Tiger Stadium and gets 600 yards on LSU. Auburn's offense is horrific. Auburn's offense is gaining 358 yards per game. They can't run the ball. They struggle to throw the ball. Like Auburn's offense is not good. Your starting quarterback has 19 touchdowns. Theirs has four. Your starting quarterback has 1,900 yards passing. Theirs has 643. You should, should, and I am emphasizing the word should here because you should have done this to Arkansas too and you did not. You should be able to get off the field at least a few times against Auburn. This is not a team that should be running wild against you. This is not a team that should be scoring 30, 40, 50 points against you. But until we see it happen, we're going to have those doubts. LSU could prove a lot of naysayers wrong if they line up, control the line of scrimmage, and do what I think they should do, just kind of beat the snot out of a team that I think they're much better than. They are, and I just think you got to be careful. Hugh Freeze is going to have a couple of tricks. Um on the offensive side of the ball, may catch the Tigers if it's a, if it's a close game. But I agree with you. I, I don't think uh, this should be fairly close at all, especially you, you playing much better. I think they got their confidence back after it was shook a little bit. They're starting to play much better. And, yeah, it's a game that you got to win. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think you got to win, and I, I don't – I don't want to see a 45-41 where you're just winning because you get the ball last game. I want to see a let's have a more comfortable fourth quarter this week. I think that you're entitled that. You're an 11-point favorite at home. Let's go and let's go and curb stomp somebody this week. And look, Georgia's a little bit down this and that, but if if you have a 45-41 game, I mean, and, and you still win, that's I mean, what Georgia's going to do? Because George is better than these guys here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's that's a long ways down the road. I would, yeah, I would say if you tell me that I'm for sure to play George later, I'll uh, I'll take it however we could get it. Um, but yeah, man, I, just a lot of negativity, and I, I really think that people need to deep inhale, hold. All right, Mr. Miyagi. Slow that breathing down a little bit. You still got, I think, the best player in the country in the locker room. Now, he might have some hurt ribs or whatever. We'll see if he's limited, but I think Jaden Daniels is is going going to get this team to some wins. Ten and two. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll talk about the New Orleans Saints. The Saints got a lopsided blowout win over New England yesterday, 34 to nothing, setting the stage for them to lay an egg and lose to Houston on some. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's catch a break. We'll be right back after this. 
Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems, your local power generator professionals, serving the entire Gulf Coast as your Kohler Titanium Dealer. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators. For the most trusted brands in the industry, Kohler, Generac, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and more, Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems is the place for you. 152 North Hollywood Road in Homa and Highway 3235 in Galliano. Attention event managers, Joe's Septic Contractors has been there for you in New Orleans and the surrounding areas. Whether it's a construction site, fair or festival, let Joe's Septic Contractors help you determine how many potties and how much temporary fencing you may need for your next event. Visit joeseptic.viscom.net. That's joeseptic.viscom.net. Locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, and Odessa, Texas. Mariano Rivera in a Sandman, the ninth inning. It's time to be the closer. Uh, it's play-by-play on KLEB. We are enjoying our Monday. We hope the same for you guys. We've got about another 40 minutes to spend with you. Then I'll be honest. I am going to, after I leave here, I'm going to go to Rouse's. I'm going to get me lunch. I'm going to eat said lunch. Then I'm going to go and play golf the rest of the afternoon. So I've got a very quiet afternoon planned um we're going to talk about the new orleans saints in this segment of the show new orleans gets a i don't even know what the final score 34 to nothing win over new england yesterday improving the three and two new orleans dominated the game from start to finish offensively they were moving the ball well i say that offensively they were they had 304 yards they weren't exactly rewriting the offensive record books but they were a little better um, so let me ask you this defensively, you hold new England to eight first downs, 156 total yards, and they were one of 14 on third down. They were over two on fourth down. So they were one of 16 on conversion plays. <clears throat> I'm not meaning to poo poo on the saints here because I am about to say some positive stuff. I truly am, but new England might be the worst team in the NFL. Mac Jones looks scared to death. He was 12 of 22, 110 yards, two interceptions. The Cowboys, I think, flustered him two weeks ago. He didn't get the deer out of the headlights look at all yesterday. Um, the, the the Patriots fans want uh, Zappi to play. He was 3 of 9 for 22 yards, missing open receivers. 
New England doesn't even have remotely a quarterback who is an NFL caliber guy. They have a solid defense, but their defense knows, hey, our offense isn't going to score, so the defense is kind of slouching a little bit. New England's a wreck right now, man. Yeah, I love Caught them at the good time. They are yes. a wreck. And the receivers are dropping passes, uh, hitting them in the hands. The ball's sometimes not exactly thrown perfect, but it hits them in the hands, tips up, interception, uh, fumbles and stuff. Yeah, they're, they're pretty bad. And they're not getting any breaks right now. And Saints took advantage of it. But, again, uh, it's one game. And I, I just I don't like the idea everybody is celebrating Pete Carmichael right now <laughs> like he won the Super Bowl. It's one game. You know what's, what's you, funny? You executed one game. What's funny is that I'm seeing all of the fanboys who cover the team – Oh, the the Saints used motion this week. Why the hell weren't they using it the yeah. first four games? And I see Alvin Kamara. Oh, uh, oh, Pete called a great game. Pete was great today. If you're having to say publicly, hey, my, my offensive coach didn't suck today, you probably got some issues, right? Same with the Jets. I mean, they <laughs> celebrated him. Oh, hugging him, and that's like, golly. <clears throat> My issue is, um, offensively, it's the second straight week that you get nothing from Malave. The last two games, he's got three catches, 16 yards. I don't know that moving the ball is going to be sustainable without him being a big part of it. Now, on the flip side to that, my guy, my dude that I'm a huge fan of, Michael Thomas, right? Four catches, 65. He had a catch yesterday where he got level. Yes. And he got up and... Came back into the game. Like, he looks pretty healthy. Now, look, he's not the Michael Thomas that we used to see, right? And and that's never coming back, right? He's 30 now, the injury. But he looks like a competent, over-the-middle possession receiver. I really like the fact, and this is my biggest takeaway yesterday. I really like the fact that yesterday, New Orleans was committed to just saying, you know what? We're going to just run the ball. We know our offensive line's not very good. We know our quarterback's a little beat up and isn't very good. We're going to run the ball. We're going to protect our defense. We're going to run the ball. He gave it to Alvin Kamara 22 times yesterday. He didn't have tremendous success. 22 carries, 80 yards. That's a little less than four carry. But what you did by doing that, instead of some of the third and nines and third and tens that you've been playing in recent weeks, had a lot more third and fours and third and fives yesterday. So what that does is those little three- and four-yard passes that Derek Carr loves, you can maybe actually get a first down on a few of those if it's third and four, third and five, instead of third, eight, and third and nine. So I think that New Orleans played a smarter offensive game yesterday, and I think that that's reason for optimism. I've watched everybody in the NFC South play. I still think Tampa's the best team. I still think Atlanta and New Orleans are going to be tick for tat. Um but I do think the Saints made strides, man. I don't care how bad the opponent is, and I do think New England's bad. In the NFL, when you win by 34, that's to be celebrated. Now, with that having been said, you've got a three-game stretch coming up, and none of them are going to be easy. At Houston's going to be tough. The Texans have played well at home. C.J. Stroud is really good. The Jaguars are coming to the Dome. That's a short turnaround. That's a Thursday game. That's going to be really tough. And 
trying to think of a way to say this, without Anthony Richardson, the Colts are pretty good. Minshew's playing. They won yesterday. Gardner Minshew's doing a good job. They're three and two. You're going to Indy. These next three weeks are going to tell me at least whether or not this team could actually maybe win the South or whether or not this team is a pretender. If you go two and one, hey, I'll be impressed. You go three and oh, hey, it'll be cloud nine. One and two, eh, oh and three, it's doomsday. And it'll be three very difficult games coming up. I think all of those teams could present challenges. Two things with the Saints. I think the biggest thing yesterday was their, and you mentioned it, their commitment to run the football and yeah. stay with it. We haven't seen that in several years with the Saints. They would try and run the ball. Oh, we fall behind and start airing it out, airing it out. And these short passes, it, it just – but their, their commitment to run the ball opened up, I think, a lot of things for them on offense. That was big. The second thing, negative with this, on the Saints, the second point, this is the first negative, penalties. Too mm-hmm. many penalties. And – Pre-snap penalties where your receiver's moving before the snap. That should never happen. That happened several times. Uh, I think illegal formations they had, and, and you can't have those things. Just way too many penalties. 12 yesterday. And you still won 34 nothing. but it tells you how bad New England is. But you got to clean that up. You can't have these penalties and stay committed to running the football. But I'm like you. Let's pump the brakes on the Carmichael has reinvented the wheel and figured everything out. You ran 70 plays yesterday for 304 yards. That's still not elite offense, man. You won this game because New England was turning it over, giving you a pick six, giving you short fields. You had 304 yards of offense yesterday. You were 5 of 15 on third down. You still weren't very good on that side of the ball. It was better, right? You weren't turning it over. You weren't getting sacked as much. It was a little better. But I'm not holding a parade for the offense that had 304 yards and that committed 12 penalties. I'm sorry. I'm just not doing it. Yeah, but positives, I mean, they scored in the red zone. When you got (laughs) into the red zone, you scored. You weren't kicking field goals. So that definitely helped. But, yeah, it's one game. Uh, Woohoo! Pete Carmichael called a great game, supposedly. Yeah. Let's wait and see. Is there anybody more disinterested in playing than Jameis Winston? He comes in late in the game. He looked like he had no interest in being there at all. Yeah, none. He, he's happy being that little uh, cheerleader on the sideline. I'm going to eat a W on <laughs> yeah. the sidelines. Look at me. I'm Jameis Winston. But look, he's a team player. He's been that way with the Saints. Well, I'm not going to say the whole time, but for most of of the time. Uh, you see him on the sideline chair. Yeah, but he uh, he doesn't look like he wants to get in those games. Houston could score. They've got 115 points on the season. They scored 37 on the Jags. They scored 30 on a Steelers defense that's very good. Houston could score. C.J. Stroud is looking very much so like the best rookie of the class. How about this? He's got seven touchdowns and zero interceptions so far this season. Looking like a gem. Um, the Texans, everybody thought... Full-on tank mode. Um, but, no, they're uh, they're competing. They're playing hard. They're playing well. Did the Texans play the uh, Saints in the preseason? I think they did. Uh, and they, I think they stomped them. I didn't stomp them. Beat them 17-13, last preseason game. 
And in that game, C.J. Stroud led his team on a touchdown drive. So that that could maybe be a factor. Yeah, Saints had trouble against the Texas in that preseason game. Fortunately, in that preseason game, Jake Hayner was 17 of 38 with two interceptions. We shouldn't see Jake Hayner. <laughs> well, we're not going to see Jake Hayner. He's still in football jail. Um, but, yeah, I, I be very curious. I didn't realize yeah. that they had played. And, look, the Saints didn't – a lot of people didn't play, but <clears> – No, that is a good point, though. I didn't realize that they had played in the preseason and that they've have, they got a little tape on Stroud and they got a little tape on Damian Pierce and – We'll see. We'll see if that's a factor. New Orleans is a slight favorite in that game. Um, they are favored by two and a half on the road. Um, and look, for division purposes, it's a big game. You're three and two. You're tied with Atlanta. Tampa's a, a half a game ahead of you guys. Um, it, it, big game. This is a big game for New Orleans. It's a big three-game stretch coming up for New Orleans. If you want to keep the pace, got to go at least two and one. Oh, no doubt. And... <clears throat> Look, and it, they're playing some teams who may be playing well right now, but when you looked at the beginning of the season, this is a stretch. You you marked on your calendar, I'm sure, these games we, we can win. Yep. And they can, but they still, they still got some improvement to do. Let's catch a break when we get back. Some W's and some L's. I got six W's and I got ten L's. Uh, Brian says that means I'm a pessimist. Well, we're going to be very pessimistic in the next segment. It's play-by-play. Play. We'll be right back after this. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. All your auto repairs for your first call should be Detroit's Paint and Body Shop, located at Highway 3235 in the Rose. They're established since 1997. Detroit's Paint and Body Shop is family-owned and operated. They sell parts and repair all makes and models of vehicles. Troy's Paint and Body Shop honors all insurance estimates. Go by and see their trusted team of technicians for all your auto needs. Trust me, Troy's Paint and Body Shop, 985-693-4133. That's 985-693-4133. Start your day off with a fresh brewed cup of Mellow Joy. The original Cajun Coffee Company since 1936. It brings members to Louisiana's rich culture. Available in dark, medium roast, decaf, and full line of flavored specialty coffees. Mellow Joy is available in selected grocery stores in your area. To begin receiving Mellow Joy at your office, call 1-86-MELLOJOY. Say les cafés du Mellow Joy, c'est des plus joie. Bless Your Heart Nonprofit Corporation's mission is to enrich lives and inspire hope by addressing social, educational, and financial needs in the Bayou region. We want to wish all the teams at both LCO and Golden Meadow a safe and successful season throughout the year. So from our team to yours, go Bulldogs and go Lions. For more information on Bless Your Heart Nonprofit, you can go to our website at www.blessyourheartnonprofit.com. Or follow us on Facebook at Bless Your Heart Nonprofit. Use your powers for good. Let's see how well my 
technology synced up. I made the WNL list on my phone, but it should have automatically gone to my iPad. Let's see. Hey! No, never mind. That's not the right list. Hey! It's not the right list. Damn it. All right. So, anyway, we'll do it from the phone. Our first W goes to Mr. Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels of LSU gave a Herculean effort on Saturday. And I watched a lot of college football on Saturday, more so than normal because LSU played early. So I was able to focus on everybody else later in the day. He was the best player that I saw on Saturday, including Caleb Williams, who is the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, who really didn't play that well in the nightcap. And yes, I did stay up until 1 a.m. and watched all three overtimes of their game with Arizona. Jaden Daniels, while playing injured, 259 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 130 yards rushing. And what was the most impressive thing to me, Brian, is that after the rib injury, I thought, all right, well, he ain't going to run anymore. He was just getting started running. He made a lot of big plays late in the game with his legs. Now, he was being a little more protective, running out of bounds, whatever, which is what he should do all of the time, by the way. Um, Brian Kelly called him a bad mother bleeper after the game. Hard to deny. That guy's a football player, man. You think, uh, okay, everybody's Heisman possible. If the Tigers lose another one. I don't think he, he's going to win it even if they win the rest of them. I, I, I don't. I think that uh, Penix at Washington is going to have a better record. And, yeah, I, he would have to be amazing down the stretch, which <laughs> he's been amazing so yeah. far. Um. I don't see it. If they lose another one, I think he's done for sure. Um, and L, Jimbo Fisher. Texas A&M has had this thing lined up. You had the SEC West. You could have grabbed it by the throat. You're at home. You're facing an Alabama team that's not as good as Alabama teams in the past. You had so many chances on Saturday, so many opportunities, and you couldn't convert. Max Johnson couldn't complete long passes, and you couldn't make plays. And ugh, It's to the point now with A&M as they're heading towards a road game at Tennessee, and in a two weeks they have a road game at Ole Miss. If they lose four, five, six games, bye-bye. I don't think he's going to survive it. This was the year for you to win the West. The West is wide open. You had Alabama at home. You start off 2-0. If you lose to Tennessee, you're probably out. If you lose to Ole Miss after that, you're certainly out. If you lose to LSU, this thing could start to snowball. Jimbo Fisher gets an L, and the next six or so weeks are going to decide whether or not he gets another year. It is going to be big for him to start winning some games. I think his seat is very hot. Right. I, I think and, so, too. And with that schedule you just mentioned, he ain't running the table. No, hard games all on the road. Like, yeah, they're going to lose some more. W goes to Reese Turner. How could you not give Reese Turner a W? He had six rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown for Assumption. And more important than getting a, a, a W for his play, I spoke to him after the game, and I might play that interview tomorrow. He's a very, very well-spoken, very thoughtful kid. He's very polite, very well-mannered. Uh, Reese Turner gets a W. Great performance for Assumption. Probably the best individual performance we've seen this season of anybody that the Tarpons have played. Yeah, couldn't stop them. Uh, an L goes to Notre Dame. Dun, 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 dun. 
At 12.30, I log into Twitter, and all I'm seeing is Notre Dame fans making fun of Brian Kelly. Oh, Brian Kelly's about to get his third loss. <laughs> well, LSU comes back, and Notre Dame gets their ass kicked at night by Louisville. So now you're 5-2. and two. Now you're all the way at the bottom of the top 25. Now you're questioning your head coach, Marcus Freeman, who's not an upgrade to Brian Kelly, by the way, who is a downgrade from Brian Kelly. You were supposed to have the best quarterback in the country. Sam Hartman, you were supposed to be the team that was going to go to the playoff and right all the wrongs of the past. Bye, boo. You're out. You ain't going to the playoffs. Sam Hartman gets intercepted three times. Louisville beats up on you. Notre Dame is bye-bye. Ain't no lie, baby. Bye, bye, bye. Go ahead. Like that? <laughs> yeah. W goes to Jamar <laughs> Chase. Jamar Chase told Joe Burrow, I'm open. I'm always bleeping open. All right, Jamar, I see you. You follow that up, catching 15 passes for 192 yards and three touchdowns yesterday in the Bengals' win over the Arizona Cardinals. Jamar Chase wasn't lying. He is always open. <laughs> because Burrow even missed him a couple of times yesterday. Um Look, if you want to talk the talk, you better walk the walk. 15 catches, 192, a Bengals record. It's a pretty damn good game for Mr. Chase. Seen the latest? I think it's Jamar Chase asking for a trade. Ooh. Okay, Jerry. Um, let's get on that. Yep, he's asking for a trade. He wants out. And L Because he had a run-in with the, uh, the head coach. They had words. Okay, Jerry, I, I see you. And L goes, oh, boy, I'm going to get fired up for this one. And L goes to Mario Cristobal, the head football coach at Miami. Hmm. Brian, you've won a lot of games as a football coach. If you were up three, you have the ball. You were at the opponent's 30-yard line. There's 30 seconds on a rolling clock, and the opponent has no timeouts. What do you do? Are you taking me from under center? What did Miami do? They handed the ball to their running back, who got stripped, and Georgia Tech took over the ball at their own 25 with 26 seconds. Okay, hey, that's cool. If you've got 75 yards to play with and 26 seconds on the clock as a defense, what's the one thing you can't let happen? Do not let them get behind you. What happened twice? Got behind you. They threw a long pass down the field to get to about the 40-yard line. Then they threw a Hail Mary and won the game, 23-20. to 20. All we hear about from Miami is, oh, brother, you is back. They beat Texas A&M earlier in the season, 48-33. to 33. The U is back. Oh, brother, you is back. You ain't back if you're blowing that. Why are you not taking a knee? That was the worst coaching loss that I could ever remember. You had the game won. All you have to do is convert a snap and have your quarterback just pass out on the ground with the ball, and the game is over. You would be 5-0. and You came into the game as the number 10 team in the country, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see. You were number 17, my apologies, number 17 in the country, you would have probably moved up a few spots. Today, you would be sitting at, oh, uh, 13 or 14 in the country. But instead, you're out of the top 25 because your coach is a goon. 
I was told Mario Cristobal was going to ride the ship and he was going to get all the recruits and blah, blah, blah. Get out of here, bro. You can't manage that situation. I would like to see his press conference after. What the explanation for that? That's that's a mess. That is an absolute mess. And we give a W to Brent Venables, who's the coach at Oklahoma. Oklahoma was terrible last year. There were a lot of people that were questioning that hire. Year one was not good for Coach Venables at Oklahoma. To his credit, he got it right. They're now 6-0. and They beat Texas in the Red River rivalry. They get a 34-30 win. They get several key defensive stops late. They had a big goal line stand in that game. And the one thing that was broken was their offense last year. They fixed it. Dylan Gabriel was very good, 285 yards passing, 113 yards rushing. Kudos to Oklahoma because now here's the thing, man. Nobody's talking about the Sooners, right? They're going to be favored in the rest of their games. They've got Central Florida, Kansas, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, BYU, TCU. Ain't nothing scary about none of that. They might go undefeated, and if they go undefeated, they're going to make the damn playoffs. So Oklahoma's sitting in a wonderful spot right now. A L or NL goes to uh, my favorite one to give an L to. I've been telling y'all about Lamar Jackson for how long? We've been doing this show for almost two years now. So I've been telling y'all about Lamar Jackson for two years now. Yesterday against the Steelers, he scored 10 points, right? Turned it over in the red zone late. Had a chance to slam the door, turned it over. Uh, was 22 of 38. That's not a great completion percentage. Was trying to run too often, 236 yards passing, and lost to a Steelers team that was absolutely inept offensively for most of the game. Dude's not a winner. I'm sorry. I I, I apologize. I hear y'all screaming, oh, bro, he gets 1,000 yards rushing. You guys are being fooled by the fact that he's a great fantasy quarterback and are thinking that that means that he's a great NFL quarterback. He's not. He wasn't worth the money. He had two chances late, down one score to go down the field and lead his team to a touchdown. PP'd down his leg on both of them. They never even got close. Lamar Jackson is not that guy. They're going to play Tennessee on Sunday in London. That's going to be a struggle. The week after that, they're going to lose to Detroit, and we're going to see it again. They're going to be about 500. They're going to struggle to get in, and if they do get in, they're going to get beat right away. He's not that guy. I've been telling you all that for two years. I agree. I haven't watched much of them, but um, we call I, I call that one wrong. Yes. Is that a game we had a pick? Yes, and, and I was the only one to pick the Steelers. Yep, I did not. Colin Guggenheim gets a W because he had four touchdowns on Saturday as Nichols destroyed Houston Christian. The Colonels played a poor first half, but then dominated the second half getting a big win. Now, you ready for it? Here we go. Here's an L, and L goes to Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm done. I'm ready for a divorce. I am done. Dak. The Cowboys lost 42 to 10 to the 49ers last night. These are two teams that have very similar rosters. Good defenses, good pass rush, good secondaries, explosive running backs, explosive wide receivers. The difference in the game last night was Brock Purdy was 17 of 24, 252, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Dak Prescott was 14 of 24, one touchdown, three interceptions. 
Prescott said last week after the Cowboys beat New England, he was axed by a reporter. And look, it was a dumb question by the reporter. The reporter asked, oh, how did it feel losing in San Francisco last year in the play? Of course that felt terrible. That goes without saying. Why would you ask that? But Prescott kind of looked at the reporter and said, oh, you want to piss me off? Huh? All right, yeah, well, we'll see next Sunday. Yeah, well, we saw. Yeah. You did nothing again. The dude cannot win games at the highest level. And here's the thing. Jerry and Steven know it. That's the reason why they traded for Trey Lance. They're trying to find a way to not give him a contract extension this summer. Don't know if Trey Lance is the answer, but I certainly know that Dak Prescott's not the answer. Couldn't get it done again. Yeah, I was watching the beginning of the game. I turned it off, and I go back, and I see that 42. Whoa, what happened? Dak happened. Dak happened. E.D. White gets our last W of the week. They're 6-0. Enough said. They blow out everybody that they play. And L goes to Bill Belichick of the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick and his team has been outscored. Let me do the math real quick. Um, Oh, my app just froze. But Belichick and the Patriots have been crushed two weeks in a row. row. Let me say it like that uh, without the the ability to do the, the number crunching. They've been crushed two weeks in a row. Here we go. It just came up. They've been outscored 72-3 to in the last two weeks. Um, and Belichick said after the game, Mac Jones is still our starter. There are a lot of people around the NFL, a lot of very smart people around the NFL that are saying that Robert Kraft is going to force him out at the end of the year. They want a younger guy. They want some fresh blood. They don't like the fact that he's hired his son. They don't like the fact that he's hired Bill O'Brien. He's just kind of hiring his friends. I don't think this is going to end well, and I think this might be the last hurrah for Mr. Belichick in New England. Bill O'Brien, you said enough. Thank you. You said enough. Brian, and L goes to Brian Snitker of my Atlanta Braves. If you had the best offense in baseball, which they do, if you had the best offense in baseball, and you're heading into the playoffs, I'll give you a multiple-choice question. Would you A, keep your lineup the same, or would you B, change a whole bunch of crap? The same. Change. Atlanta changed their lineup before game one of the postseason against the Phillies. They moved everybody around, changed the order, and they scored a grand total of zero runs in game one, losing to the Phillies three to nothing. Moved Austin Riley up in the order, moved uh, Sean Murphy down in the order, put Kevin Pillar in the Stupidity at the finest. Brian Snicker, you get an L. Atlanta better win today, or they're going to be knocked out in the first round two years in a row by the Phillies. An L! Goes to Sean Payton. Sean Payton said in the offseason that Nathaniel Hackett did the worst head coaching job in the history of the NFL last year. Sean, you might be on that list this year, Bubba, because Denver loses to the Jets 31-21. Of course, the Jets are now offensive coordinated by Nathaniel Hackett. Did you see Robert Sala give Payton a handshake at the end of the game? Shakes his hand and say, says, Stay humble, Sean, and then walks away. Did you see that? No. Sean gets a little bit of a taste of his own medicine, and boy, you love to see it. The Broncos are 1-4 and four and are a mess. They are, and I think that's that's going to get worse. You see uh, – Well, they got to get rid of Russell Wilson. You could see Wilson. he does not like yeah. Russell Wilson. He comes off the field, and Sean Payton's kind of had words. It looked like a little bit, and it's a, it's a bad situation over there in Denver. I give an L to officiating in general, but specifically in the Kansas City Chiefs and Minnesota Vikings game. We have a situation where officials throw a pass interference flag in the end zone on the Chiefs that would have result 
resulted, excuse me, in a first and goal for the Vikings, which would have allowed them to tie the game. We confer, we pick up the flag, and then we do not flag a chief player who is arguing in the referee huddle with no helmet on, and instead we just tell him, sir, can you kindly please put your helmet back on? Which caused the Vikings head coach to go crazy, and it caused NFL Twitter to say that the NFL is rigging games for the Chiefs because of Taylor Swift. Officiating is bad. League-wide, across college, across the NFL, it's bad. But it was really bad in the Chiefs and Vikings yesterday. Yeah, and you can see the official tell them, put your helmet back on and throw the flag. The rule's the rule. You take it off on the field of play, that's a penalty. And just, no, just put it back and we'll we'll forgive you. But college football Saturday uh, in several games, uh, officials missed quite a bit. Now, I'm talking college football. No one get all touchy-feely here. Uh, college football officials Saturday had missed some calls. Uh, obvious, obvious calls. I'm going to give an L to Brian Kelly. Even though the LSU Tigers won, he said something at the end of the game Saturday that I think he shouldn't have said. He said that he fussed Major Burns for scoring at the end of the game on the pick six for the Tigers, said he practiced this every day. Major Burns needs to go down. He's killing me on that play. Brian Kelly, not Kale, I understand what you're saying, and I'm usually a go-down guy, right? I'm usually with you. I'm the one who says that it's selfish when they don't. But when you have a defense that is as bad as that one is, let them score the damn touchdown. Give them something to feel good about. Because here's the thing, dude. I would actually agree with Coach Kelly if he would have scored with two minutes left, right, where there would have been a lot of time for Missouri to maybe score, get an onside kick. If you can't hold a 10-point lead with 30 seconds left, you got bigger problems than Major Burns scoring on a pick six. So, Brian, Kelly, again, let the defense have a little fun. They haven't had any fun all year, man. Let them let them feel like they did something. Let them feel like they won one for you, man. Like that didn't need to be. Look, I'm all for him having the conversation with Major Burns about it, but he didn't have to say that publicly. Almost make it like a positive play was a neck. No, man. Just let the dude have his moment. They haven't had anything to celebrate all year, man. Yeah. Look, time and situation. You want to take a. You want to go down, but right here, a two possession game. Go ahead and score with 37 seconds left. Whatever. Score. If you can't hold a 10-point lead with 30 seconds, you, you're in a bind either way. Like, you're in trouble. Regard, like, yeah, let them score. Um, I said we were going to take a break, but I ain't going to lie, man. I'm Ain't no sense in taking one. We're going to just go all the way to the, to the bottom of well, the hour. Let me do some work here. Tonight we've got Monday Night Football. Um, we've got Green Bay taking on Las Vegas. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't have a stinking clue how this game's going to go. This feels like a very evenly matched game. Las Vegas is a two-point favorite at home against Green Bay. Let me give you some things about this matchup that I potentially like and maybe a betting pick or two here along the way. Um, I'm going to go with, and I did actually pretty well in some of my, uh, my betting endeavors this weekend. Um, tonight, we're going to go with 
Uh, I saw it here a minute ago. We're going to go over 78 yards receiving for Devontae Adams facing Green Bay. I think he's going to want to stick it where the sun don't shine. I think he's going to want revenge. We're going to go over three yards rushing for Jimmy Garoppolo. That just feels like a give me, right? If you do any type of quarterback sneak or any type of scramble, like I feel like he's going to get a couple of yards, right? And remember, sags don't count as a negative. So I'm going to go over three and a half yards for Jimmy Garoppolo. In the MLB today, I like my Braves. I do think the Braves are going to win today, minus 162 money line. I like the Dodgers to win today, minus 156 money line. Uh, so I think that the the two home teams are going to take care of business today. Um, in the Braves and Phillies, I like the over. I like over eight. I like a lot of offense. And I also like over eight for the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. I think we're going to see some runs scored today as the home teams, I think, are going to kind of break out. But Monday Night Football, man, what say you? You like the Packers or the Raiders today? That's a, that's a tough one. I, I think I, I would I would lean Packers. They're two and two. The Raiders are one and three. Yeah, the the Raiders are kind of iffy. I mean, I feel like Josh McDaniel doesn't know what he's doing. But I, I would I would lean the the Packers. Um, Green Bay is um still got a really solid shot in the North. I don't think anybody's going to catch Detroit though. Las Vegas is already way back uh, chasing Kansas City in the West. Um, Jordan Love, eight touchdowns, three interceptions. You saw him against New Orleans, some good, some bad. He He's their guy for the future or what? I think so. Yeah? Yeah, I think I think so. You don't think? Yeah. I, mean, I think he's all right. Yeah, all right. You said future. Yeah, I mean, he's he's. they're not going to get rid of him, but I don't know how much they're going to win with him. Um, yeah. He's just kind of there. The Bills. Your Bills, boy. No. Oh. They lose yesterday in London. Josh Allen didn't play bad. 27 of 40, 359 through the air, two touchdowns and an interception. He ran for a touchdown. But here's what I want to mention. The Bills got hosed yesterday. Not by the officials. Not by anything uh, that happened on the field. The Bills got hosed by Roger Goodell yesterday. It is extremely unfair that the Jaguars were able to play two games in a row in London. They were able to face a team in London that had the same amount of rest as them, so that's an even 50-50 playing field. Then they were able to get their legs under them, get rid of the jet lag, and then face a team that was jet lagged on Sunday, and you saw it. Buffalo started the game sluggish, and Buffalo started to get their legs about them late, and it was too late. That is extremely unfair. That's the first time we've ever done that, by the way. It was the first time we've ever let a team play two in a row overseas. That can't happen again. That is not fair. The Bills should be livid. I saw some commentary that there are a lot of Bills fans and reporters who are livid. That's unfair what happened to them yesterday. How can you even... Do that. I mean, you know, you're making a schedule, you're looking at it. How can that happen? That's not right. That, no, it's not. As it, like, there should be more conversation about that's That's not right what happened there yesterday. That, there should be more outrage about that. I saw a stat yesterday, and we track now um, not just where people are running and how many yards, and we track how fast they're running. 
and I saw a stat that was incredible. The six highest peak speeds in an NFL game this season were all run by Dolphin players. And it was like three different Dolphin players. So it's not like they got the fastest player and he's just breaking his own record over and over again. Devon A. Chan, who yesterday ran wild again, 11 carries, 151 yards and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and Cedric Wilson are all reportedly four of the fastest players, if not the fastest players in the NFL. My, you know, Dallas did this about 10, 12 years ago. They noticed... Um, Defenses are getting smaller, so we're going to draft Tyron Smith and Zach Martin and build a big-ass offensive line, and we're going to get Ezekiel Elliott, and we're going to pound the ball, and we're going to win games like that. And they took advantage of that, and they had some good success. Miami is trying something now where we're going to just get the fastest guys in the league, and we're going to try to win track meets. So far this year, they're 4-1, and one, and when it works, boy, it looks really damn good. The Bills, of course, punched them in the face a couple weeks ago. But this is a really interesting experiment, and I got to tell you, when they get in open space, whoo, they got some guys that could fly, boy. It's going to be fun to see that team in the cold weather when the playoffs start. It's going to be fun to see how this science experiment rolls around. They set an NFL record yesterday. They have the most total yards in NFL history of any team through five games. Crazy. It is crazy. It's the greatest show on turf. The greatest show on turf. They have scored 36, 25, 24, 70, 20, and 31. And they're going to dog stomp Carolina in their, in their next game. That's um, Poor Carolina. Are you ready to say, and I know we're up against the back end of the show, but for me, I'm impatient, right? And, and, and when it comes to me with a, with a rookie, I want to see something right away. I... I don't think Bryce Young's very good. Are you ready to go there? Yeah, I don't think he's very good. Uh, he's give him small, a little more time. He, he doesn't look like he could see above the line. Like, Here's the thing. Drew Brees was small, but he never played small. With Bryce Young, he looked small in the pocket. Then with Miami, with Tua, there was questions about him early. Yeah. and I mean, yeah, a few more. Let's give him a little more time and see. Yeah, maybe you're right. I'll, I'll give him a little more time. But, yeah, man, it – and what doesn't help him certainly is that Stroud is killing it over in Houston. That doesn't make yeah. it any easier. Um, so we'll see. The Bengals got back on track yesterday. The Chiefs got a win. The Eagles, how do you make it to the Super Bowl and be 5-0 and the next year and nobody's talking <laughs> yeah. about you? I don't understand how that happens. Like no one is talking about the fact that Philadelphia is five and zero. They beat the Rams yesterday. The Rams had uh, Nakua have seventy one yards and a touchdown. They get Cooper Cup back. He had eight catches, one hundred eighteen yards. But the Eagle offense just did enough. Jalen Hurts was good. He had three hundred yards passing. Scored on a tush push um, quarterback yeah. sneak. That's going to be change watch next year. That's going to get outlawed, huh? They're not going to let Yeah, that I think anymore. you had two NFL players get hurt on a play like that. So, yeah, I think that's going to be changed. Well, it would hurt Philly, so I hope it gets changed. Yeah. Let's wrap up today's show. Hope everybody's uh, enjoyed. Hope everybody enjoys the rest of their day. Um, man, go outside and do something. It's, it's really nice. Um, brother, thanks for making the trek in from Morgan City. We appreciate that. Um I'm not going to lie about my plans. I'm going to Rouse, get some hot dogs. 
I'm going to throw them hot dogs down my gullet. Then I'm going to hit golf balls until about 3, 34 o'clock. Well, I'm going in a boat. Sounds like a winner. You might win that trade. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Enjoy Monday Night Football. Enjoy the rest of the day. Love you guys. This case is just Claire and Brian Kiley signing off. Have a great day, y'all. You're listening.